Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, mate. How you doing? Hey. I told you, mate, I'm busy. I've had three Facebook requests. I've had email on Gmail and on my work email. I've had text, I've had WhatsApp, and I've even had a request to download Grinder. What's up? Oh, you got the Grinder thing? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was weird. Uh, no, fair enough. You want to speak to me, but look, I told you, mate, this week, moving house, it's I... all about getting ready for the baby, no, and everything back to tie. And I said I'm busy. I know, I know, mate. I, I, I fully appreciate that, and I, I loved, to, I, I loved to, to to message you. I didn't want to call you, which is, you know, it's great that you rung because um, I'm, I'm, I'm even here with my mum. Mum, say hello, Oh, hello, Mrs. Wilson. Um, <laughs> I'm really sorry to to put this on your son, but I'm in a, I'm in quite a, a precarious position at the moment. We we've got a, a young man who works here called. Um, James and he's been angling to get Matt's position on the podcast for a long while and, and, and Matt wasn't here so I didn't have any other opportunity but to get James involved but it's, it's all gone to his head he's, he's, he's acting really strange who's acting strange? Matt James, he, he, James Matt. Is, he's, no, James, James, James seems to think that he's now the, runs the podcast that he's taken over your spot and you're <laughs> never returning but it's my podcast well, it, yeah, I know. I mean, it's ours, really. I mean, mine and yours. If we're being yeah, it's predominantly mine. Look, this is besides the point. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely worried about my safety here. I, 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 I mentioned the fact that you would be back next week. That he wouldn't be on the podcast, and he lashed out. He, he lashed out. He got angry. What did he, do? he tried to scratch me. Uh, well, there is a, a cat called James, uh, but not this one. No, he's he worse. quite, quite, quite. He, he turned quite vicious. Like he snarled and and uh, his eyes went red. And uh, and so I, I'm not sure what to do. All I'm saying is I'm not sure that I'm. I mean, he's threatened me. He sent me an email saying if you ever do anything like that again, I'm I, I'm done. I don't know what done means. I just don't. Okay, well. Um, what do I do? Tell me because this, like I said. Don't call me. This really, really Matt, Matt, can you fire him? Can, can I fire him? Yeah. Um, morally, yes. Yeah. Uh, technically, yes. Yep. Legally, probably no. Oh, but he's, he's threatened me. He threatened you. Well, look, um, I'm just going to try and stay alive until you're back, okay? Okay. Um... So I'm kind of thinking that this is, um, I mean, I said, I mean, is this more important than, um, is this really that important? Is this as important, uh, is this more important than me moving house? Yes. Is it more important than Ty? I mean, I love Ty, but yes, because, I mean... Is it, is it more important than the little baby? Oh, what, am I, I've got, I'm going to ask you to choose between everything that you hold dear and love and me here. More important than Andy Booth and the Huddersfield Town memories. Yeah, I think. Right. Um. Are you? I feel. I feel like you're gonna, about to hang up on me. Um, Flav. I'll see you next week. Oh my god. 
God's sake. All right, so here's the podcast with James. Um, to be honest, you won't be able to hear the uh, the, the vitriol in, in James's voice. He comes across as very, very friendly, but uh, a, a vile, nasty, violent, bordering on uh, psychopathic. Um, but here's the Long Ball Street podcast. Enjoy. The Long Ball Street. It's episode 34, I think. It's the 8th of December, and today I'm here with... I'm here. I'm not here with Matt. No. No. If, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll, you'll be able to see that. It's not Matt, it's, it's James, and... So it's been a long riding joke that James isn't allowed on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Joke? And yet you... <laughs> there seems to be like, oh yeah, it was a worldwide ban. I felt like I'd taken something, but I'd just forgotten about it. I wasn't allowed on the pod. No, I'm joking. How are you doing? I'm good. It's early. It is early. It's <laughs> eight, 8 o'clock in the morning. Obviously, we've got a big, issue, yeah. big shoot schedule, and um, it's coming close to Christmas, and we're trying to prepare and do our utmost to ensure that we can spend some time with our families at, at Christmas time. So whilst offering, yeah, great stuff for you guys. But so yeah, another reason to maybe check out the uh, YouTube videos that you'll see my my puffy eyes. It's, they're not too bad today. Are they not too bad today? Yeah, yeah. So I'm it, so ex- conscious of it now. No, no, they're not too bad. You come into <laughs> you come into the office most mornings and, uh, and and they are quite big, bulbous. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what what is it a family trait. I think that could be part of it. I think I'm uh, maybe I'm starting to age. I think it's also uh, part of my paranoia with it now. Is it? so to, uh, to explain quickly. I I sleep. Uh, I was too open <laughs> talking, talking to you, Flav, talking to the guys. Uh, we like to have a chat, and um, and I let slip that I sleep on my front with no pillows, you with s- my arms tucked in. <laughs> <laughs> no one does that. People struggle with my my face isn't straight down. My face is to the side. All oh, right. I always in my head you've got your your face down into <laughs> no, the mattress. No, no, my face is to the side. But there's a there's um. The science behind it, apparently, according to the missus, is that the water or whatever goes, <laughs> gravity pulls it to the front of my face, which le- leads me to having a puffy. You, you don't, you don't have pillows either, do you? Face. No, yeah, not big on the pillows because it hurts my neck. I don't understand people who use pillows, if I'm honest. Madness. Let, yeah, let us know what your sleeping situation is. So there's so many different ways. I'm two foam pillows, like fuck feather pillows. Right. Yeah. Fuck everyone who uses feather pillows. Really? No. Seriously. Yeah. That seems over the top. Yeah. The way, just to go, just to finish on this. Sorry, yeah. The way you've tucked in your arms is incredible. You're like a little cat. I think there's a safety to it. I feel <laughs> safe. I'm tucked in. I'm tucking myself in. Did something bad happen? I don't think so. No. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But what do you know what? We were watching, we were watching, there's this thing on Channel 4. We were watching this, um, it's about like normal people who, sorry, normal people, people who aren't criminals going into this like scary American jail yeah and I've watched it again with the missus and she'll continuously go oh James don't ever commit a crime <laughs> because because yeah I mean I don't look the manliest and secondly she's like the way you sleep you are just <laughs> prime prime yeah just there good to go uh, <laughs> I think I mean most people I know wouldn't survive in prison me Least of all, but I think you'd have you'd have bloody nightmares. Mm, you could show your tattoos, couldn't you? No go. Look, I'm, you not, go, look I'm hard, honest. Yeah, I'm not sure that would that would fly either. Anyway, football. Yeah, <laughs> Let, you're a big QPR fan. Probably people that watch the show will know that. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That said, um, Ian, Holl- Ian Holloway's come back, and he was quite excited by the fact that Ian Holloway it was back. Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. As you know, Flav. Yeah. In our year together. Yeah. Um, Long not year. Like that, but yeah. Well, <laughs> flown by for me, but. Good indication of where you're at, Vlad. Cheers. Uh, yeah, QPR. I'm a QPR fan. Have been since I was four and a half. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what happened at four and a half? Well, see, this is it. We were good when we were four and a half. This is the problem. 1993, fifth in the Premier League. An incredible team. I went on about a nine-game run of going to games, and we always won. I thought it was the good luck. Yeah. And then it's steadily so ninth. Uh, seventh, I think, or something, yeah, something like that. Anyway, just got worse and worse until we were in League Two, but then you're in too deep by that point. Yeah. Um, and Ian Holloway at the sort of the bottom of that turned up, and played right back, didn't he? Well, so he played for us. He was playing for us in 1993 when I started. Played until to about yeah 97. Yeah. Um, and then came back as manager uh, when we in the last few months when we went down to League One, Division Two, as it was then. 
and we were in such a mess financially that we had seven players, three of which were goalkeepers, and Holloway had to come in and and sort it out. And I, the thing that got me with him is that so our last game we went that we lost three 0 to Stockport County. Ooh. In and I mean there's a team that's had a oh, in league in championship in the championship. So they've I mean they've had an even worse ride of it. But they beat us three 0 and Holloway came round and shook loads of people's hands. And I mean, he was like you know I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry. And I, I I sort of made my way down to the bottom. I think I was about fifteen. And I went oh don't worry Ian um, it's all right. And he went, he stopped. And he honestly would shaken probably about 200 people's hands by that point. He went, he looked me like straight in the eye and he went, no, it's not all right. It won't happen again. <laughs> and I was just sold there. And, Jesus. and he kind of, that's another thing, fans, is like, I guess Norwich fans, West Ham fans, if they maybe go down, Newcastle fans, when, you're, when you go down into a league that feels beneath the size of your club, yeah, a lot of people think that's an awful thing. The good side of it is that you you win games, and that makes everything look look rosy. Even, even gonna, in the championship, I think and you see the way Newcastle fans are talking about their club at yeah. the moment. It, oh, we've it, got our club back. It's yeah, just, no, you have winning games. You've gone down. Yeah, and it's easy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you've got a good manager there, but yeah. I think it's, it's definitely part of it. And it's really enjoyable winning games, Flav, and it's really not enjoyable. You say not that, winning but games. he's lost his last two games, and he's won one very fortuitously against Norwich. And you've, then... you've gone, uh, you've gone straight into that. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. At that moment in time, when he came in and showed, he showed a passion that I hadn't seen in a manager. Yeah, uh, a bit of craziness as well, because I think he uses that to disarm his, his players to get them to buy into what he wants to do. Yeah, I love him. I um, mean, I love that side of him. Yeah, the, the, the kind of crazy answers, the the anecdotes, the proverbs. This is gold. Yeah. It's so rare in in a time. But and and you you talk about what he did in terms of shaking people's hands and reassuring them of the fact that he had just, plans. That is rare in football. It doesn't yeah. happen. And it's, when it does happen, it's kind of applauding. It should be. Yeah, and you can completely believe it because the, as a player, and he says it again and again, is that he wasn't the best player. He just works so, so hard. Mm. And as a manager, he just has that same that same idea. I think also people forget how the decent football that a lot of his, his teams have played. He's had a couple of blips, which... At Millwall, didn't work out for him at all. And at, um, where else was he? Leicester, didn't work. But for him to come back to QPR, I wanted it a year ago. Because all I want is, I, I want a manager who cares. And there's no, you don't have to worry about that with him. Mm. Um, and yeah, we've got Mark Bertram as the assistant manager. So two guys who are completely QP, QPR through and through. He says it himself in his interviews, saying like, he said, I am, I am QPR through and through. Mm. And... No other man, not many managers. You don't get many managers who talk like that. And so, if he fails, so be it. I can deal with that. It's fine. Yeah, that, that, I guess that is refreshing. I think that there is there is some some issues. I mean, mo- most most of these things, these feelings around the club, come from the manager. You know, you talk about your club being yours and and and, and the PLC or the chairman that owns it. Are, you know, they they own the club. They're not QPR. But the feeling of belonging often comes from how your manager behaves. Yeah. Same thing happened at Tottenham. P- Pochettino has no affiliation to Tottenham at all. Does not love Tottenham Hotspur, but he's the way he's got his, uh, the team playing and the fight and belief they have in each other. It's easy to fall in love with again. Yeah, I found it really interesting how even my whole life I kind of think. Do the fans make that much of a difference mm. like, at the game itself? Does the manager really make that much of a difference? Like we talk about England a lot and talk about all teams. It's always the manager who gets all the stick. Yeah. When, say, for example, West Ham, the players aren't work. If the, the players aren't working hard enough for him at the moment, that so part of it is the manager, but part of it is it's their own integrity. What I saw with Holloway in his first game back was was that there is a ten percent. That a manager can one galvanise the fans, and so if the fans are galvanised, that can give you another ten percent. Mm. And if you're both there in it together, and you're not worrying about losing the game, you're worrying about you're not worrying. You're go- just going to win it. That that not sort of um, that fear of failure, not having that fear of failure. You can make an average player an incredible player, mm. and that's what I'm banking on <laughs> completely <laughs> with Holloway. Hopefully, I think um, I think ultimately it comes from leadership in the club, whether that be from the chairman, where it be for the director of football or Sarah, manager, yeah, no. and the captain on, on the field. It's all about leadership, and if you have a good chairman that allows uh, who makes the right decisions and getting the right manager in, and then allow him to be a manager and not interfering too much, 
then you're in pretty much a, a good place. The care, there's the other side of the coin is that there are some sort of returns that are heartbreaking. Like, I don't, well, I don't, you tell me, like, Glenn Hoddle, that didn't, as a manager, didn't yes. work out the way he wanted it. No, to, right? n- not at all. I mean, we took Glenn Hoddle from Southampton, as everyone, you know, everyone takes things from Southampton, which is the <laughs> club they are. Uh, we, took Southampton, uh, we took Glenn Hoddle and uh, brought, he brought Dean Richards with him. And it was, he, remember, he'd just come out of a brilliant spell as an England manager, probably one of the few. Well, it, we, yeah, it's, it's kind of um, grown in reputation with age, isn't it? His, his period at I think you look retrospectively at that time and realise it was pretty good compared mm. to everything that's followed yeah, yeah. Um, so so we and Glenn Rod always Tottenham you know he, he was our greatest ever footballer mm. and he truly is it's it, so dangerous isn't it yeah. you're a great player Holloway okay player right so and you know he's going to work hard and so that's fine yeah but if yeah that's the difficulty we've got with Les Les is a Les Ferdinand is a god at QPR yeah and as director of football he needs to he needs to be successful and if he's not then people start to think he's going to be a I can't imagine him in that role at all but there you go he might, he might be great and hopefully he is because I like Liz Ferdinand but although he did uh, he did smash up the Blue Peter uh, the Blue him Peter and Dennis guy. Wise yeah, yeah which True. is um, you know, not on yeah but I don't think he brought that up in his interview which probably got him the job uh, the, uh, yeah so there is that, that risk of a returning hero and Glenn Oddle came to Tottenham and did okay at times it was at a period where we didn't have uh, the greatest, which is um, Poyet and Redknapp, uh, we had a lot sh- of midfielders, an old, show, very old Sharon. Poyet was about 34, 35. Didn't you have like Michael Brown, Sean Davis? No, that came like, later. That was later. That, that, that you had forty centre midfielders. Yeah, that was that, we had Pedro Mendes at that time. Yeah. <laughs> you they, were right though. Yeah, we were okay. Yeah, okay. It was okay. That was the start of Yoles you know, to turn Tottenham into essentially what we became. Mm. Um, That's the difficulty. Uh, a Spurs team and sorry, I keep going on tangents. Right. A Spurs team and uh, a Liverpool side as well is that those players who were really good for crap teams. You know, crap teams in that league, mm. and then oh, you go, oh, he's good. Right, I can get him. We'll yeah. have him, mm. and then the next jump to to getting where you actually want to be, which is like second, third, challenging. Mm. They they very rarely are that good. I yeah, can't think of many. I mean the two the two that stand out, Michael Brown and Michael Tong, who are both from Sheffield United, who we were, we were after for Tonga. ages, Tonga. Uh, and who both are you know were good in in the championship, but very average. Footballers ultimately. Brown was bordering on psychopath on the yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Still look. I mean, but, but back to the returning uh, injury, return um, returning heroes. heroes. It, it was a weird one because Hoddle. You generally get a lot more leeway than you deserve, uh, or perhaps which is important in itself mm. to give you a chance. Yeah, but when you know, I, I think you'll know. You'll know by by maybe this time next year whether Holloway's going to cut it. If he's still there, there's no doubt he's got the he has got the experience as well as everything. I know he's funny and all those things, but he he has the experience at that level to to do well. I really hope they they stick with him. The thing is, it's one of the pure the purer stories. It's a nice story, but just, um, um, there's a big story going on in, in Germany at the moment. Yeah, the, Where, yeah, RB Leipzig, or what yeah. they actually called Russell Baum. Russell Baum. Was it football? Lawn ball. No, lawn, ball. lawn yeah. sport. Lawn sport. Well, the That's reason it. why they called that is because um, they're actually owned by Red Bull. Most people will know this story now. The top of the Bundesliga, RB Leipzig, top of the league, six points clear. Um, one of the few genuine challenges on Bayern Munich's thrown at the top, certainly this year. Obviously, Dortmund have done it a couple of times, but this is a weird one because this is a team that was formed only uh, seven years ago. Um, they... Red Bull, what they did is, is is they bought this team. They're in the fifth tier of German football, which, I mean, if you compare it to English league, it's, it's conference level, but it's not even that high. Yeah, because there's le- we've got a very strong football pyramid. Exactly. Yeah, yeah there's there's, there's ninety two teams uh, that um, that are all, all well supported essentially, more yeah. or less. And and very few of those conference teams that go up actually go back down exactly. straight away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it isn't even comparable to the, to, to English. And and you know you would say. Um, they're just a tiny, tiny football club. Mm. Uh, so Red Bull came in and and they bought them. They're in East Germany, um, which is there's a, there's only one other football club, Dresden, that, are, that, that have, have a team very underrepresented in the Bundesliga. Um, been years since since there's been an, another East German team. Uh, Red Bull come in and you think and, and they've taken this team from from the fifth tier 
to the top to go six points clear. Great, amazing fairy tale story. Everyone's happy. It is in footballing <laughs> terms. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, you look at Leicester and think that well, it's amazing what they've done. This is the, it, yeah, yeah, the wolf's what Leicester Leicester have done. But there, there, there's issues, and 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 some of the major issues in Germany are that well, from German fans are that this is a a, a commercial entity in Red Bull, a marketing um, company, and a um, a life it's a lifestyle uh, it, it, it perpetuates a lifestyle rather than the football club yeah so that, that that's the issue the other issue is that they don't run in the way that all other football clubs in, in Germany run I say all other football clubs the vast majority do so to be in the Bundesliga you have to be a part of the 50 plus 1 rule yeah. which means the football fans have the have cast in votes on things like Everything. ticket price yeah. ticket price rises um, not players, not player buying players. I don't think, but in terms of presidential elections, um, so the presidents coming in know that they have to placate the will of the fans in order to stay in, and that's healthy. Yeah, and it's I think that's it's a it's a landscape that's allowed German football to to flourish. Certainly in terms of the brand of German football, because I don't think there's a stronger brand than Borussia Dortmund because not just the, the football that they played and having a enigmatic uh, manager in someone like Klopp before mm. Tuchel but the way that the fans were treated the fact that and the fact that here in, in England the Premier League money money is king you yeah. know Abramovich Man City those teams that spend that money get get where they want and it's not about those fans and we've been really impressed by it, the way that is and that's why there's that's why there's the hate right here is yeah right? Well, well yeah the, 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 there's money Money is king everywhere. I mean, money is king still in Germany. You know, Bayern Munich and Dortmund spend in insane amounts of money on footballers. You know? True, very uh, true. So it's not that there's money in sport. That's not that's or money in football. That's the issue. It's just that they've somehow found this equilibrium where fans can be treated fairly, pay a fair price to get in, and are fairly respected and represented in yeah, inside the sport. Heard, yeah, and they can be successful football teams as well. Mm. That's, in, that's what everybody should be striving for. Why should fans have to suffer or have to overpay or be seen as a cash cow by football clubs when there is a model there that works? If, if I was a football club in England, I'd be f- trying to follow that. It'd be much more difficult because no one else does and there's so much freedom to trade in, in, in British football. But in, in Germany, they have this system and, and rightly everyone around the world, certainly in England, Spain, they look at that and think that is the correct model. That's the yeah. right way to go about it. Now, RB Leipzig spit in the face of that because they haven't broken the 50 plus one rule. They've circumnavigated it. So they, they found that loophole, yeah. Yeah, so what, what they do, so the, the way this 50 plus one rule works is that there are, in Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund's cases, hundreds of thousands of members, okay? And those members get to vote on certain aspects of the way football clubs should run, say, i.e. ticket prices. Yeah. RB Leipzig have 17 members. So that's 17 members that vote. They're allegedly fans. So they're still inside that rule. Right. Why so, why so few? That's... Because, so, well, so, so they have 17 members and to become one of those members, it is extortionately expensive for right. a fan. A fan can do it. A fan can pay and become a voting member. But whereas it costs 60 euros to become a voting member for Dortmund... I don't even know the price. I thought I think the price it was a thousand, but it, it, that doesn't get you voting rights. So no, a thousand is uh, the joining on fee, and then it's eight hundred each year. Right, and but I don't even think I, I read in, in an article that doesn't even get you voting rights in the football club. Right. So there is an open membership pro- uh, policy, but it's extortionately expensive. So you, there are no fans on the board. Every one of those seventeen uh, people on that. On who are part owner at football club are Red Bull employees, right? Not fans of the football club. Now, the issue here, you think, well, why don't fans get together and they 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 they, they, cl- they cl- crowdfund, they get enough money, they become voting partners. That's what I was, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> they were bought when they were in the fifth tier of football. Their fans didn't have a football club. There was nothing to support. Leipzig was another another football club altogether. The, the name escapes me. But 
but so their fans have been brought up through the tears, all shown nothing but amazing success. Infrastructure and the local community has been funded by the football club. Red Bull have piled huge amounts of money into 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 teaching local young people, into uh, into in local infrastructure, re-renovating that that area. And remember, East Germany is a place that has been torn to pieces. Yeah, yeah. So certainly in the Second World War. So. They're going to be proud of this. They're going to look at Red Bull. So I understand what, what football fans are thinking here. I know why they're angry at Red Bull, but I'm looking around me and I'm seeing a better, better world that I live in. So they're coming up and they're thinking, why would I want to upset this? Yeah, they're, all their fans are completely invested. I guess it's difficult because that's all wrong. We all get that that's wrong. But yeah. if they're doing enough good, does that make it okay? This is what I find really interesting about this whole thing: is that. I think everyone's struggling a little bit. Mm. People outside of German football who see this as an affront to what they've, what they have there, which is having fans that do have a say in the running of their club. Yeah, because it is a step towards that. Because yep. especially if you're seeing someone who's kind of breaking the rules but being successful, yep. then then other people are going to follow it, aren't they? It's like anything. But there are other aspects. You know the. And it, this is a weird one as well. A bit of a pet hate where people kind of go only, but if you buy young players, that means you're you're doing the right thing. So yeah. what's wrong with old players? Yeah, well, this is the other thing with Leipzig. They're not spending huge. Well, they're spending. They referred. They spent the third mass amount of money in, in in the Bundesliga in the summer. Only Dortmund and, and Munich spent more, but they spent it in a different way. They they essentially poaching young, very good young players yeah. from teams that are lesser than them. Um, Kimmich, who's Considered to be the best, one of the best class, yeah. players in Germany at the moment. Certainly the best prospect. Mm. Not even a prospect anymore. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah he, he was he was taken from uh, Leipzig by Bayern Munich in so, uh, last year. So they're buying, they're, they're they're essentially filling their academy with prospective uh, talent, and their trainer, an amazing manager that they've got, he's, he's he's able to bring them through into the first team, and their model will be that they will sell these people. Yeah, for a which, you know, price. which which is a a model that QPR are trying to introduce now after being the opposite and just going buying Nico Cranchar because he's thirteen years available, mm. and other Burnley have done it really well. A lot of other teams, that, uh, you, Brentford, use that model really really well because it makes sense. You buy a guy for a certain amount, you develop him, you sell him on for a huge amount, and you buy a better version at that younger stage again. It yeah. does work in that sense. But where where do you sit on all of this then? Because obviously they're not going away. The problem is the problem is is it, this is good for them. This is good for their town, and that's great for them, right? But the Nazi Party for a long time was good for p- local people, bad for the rest of the world, very bad. The rest of the world and and local Jewish people, right? <laughs> I shouldn't be comparing them to the Nazi yeah, Party. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. You can just see that in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> No, fuck it, I don't give a shit. So, look... Um, yeah, I know what you're getting. So, what I'm saying is, is that while it's good it for the few, good, yeah. it's not good for the many. And uh, they're going into... Um, they're going into the... Uh, into into a system, and they're, they're they're attacking a system that, by and large, representative, is representative of football fans as a whole in Germany. And... Um, not only that, it's actually something a model that that football as a as a complete global community mm. can can aspire to become like. And I guess the other thing is be careful what you wish for because you got RB Salzburg, which is the first club that they bought, mm. who their whole aim is they pumped a lot of money into to them, expecting them to get in the Champions League, and then you'll get your money back. Nine years on the trot, didn't do it, and now they're a feeder club for yeah, they become for, a joke. for Leipzig. Yeah, uh, and they're they're local, a joke. Well, that's it. That's it, and then. Salzburg fans are now campaigning, and 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 and, and they're becoming very rattled at the fact that the way Red Bull are running their club. This, this goes back to what we were kind of saying earlier today. This is all what, why we're talking about this right now. Why it's a, an interesting talking point is because they are winning at the moment. But this is one season, uh, and it's and and the accumulation of a of a team that can do something. Anyone can get that for one season. Look at look at Leicester. But to have that again and again and again, they might have a great season this year, but it could also implode on them. I think, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I think, I mean, if you look at what's happened, there's, there's mooted the fact that Swindon were going to be bought by Red Bull. Um, if Swindon were brought up and got into the Premier League, the Premier League is where all the world's money in terms of football comes to, yeah. Premier League and, and La Liga. Uh, so what's to say that Leipzig then won't become a feeder club for RB Swindon um, in England? It, yeah. All Red Bull are trying to do is... It is perpetuate a brand 
that's it. Mm. And when that's your sole goal, it's to further the brand of, uh, and sell drinks, then football will always be secondary. Yeah. It's at now, right now, at their best interest to get Leipzig at the top of the league and win the Bundesliga. But when it isn't, it won't be. Yeah, and unfortunately, they've kind of achieved their goal a bit because we've just spent 10 minutes talking about it. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's a fascinating story. I mean, the more people talk about it, the more, the, the more interest there is shown in this subject. Potentially, the more more you can do to either stop it or tweak it so that um, so it's beneficial for all. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mm, but a fascinating subject. and uh, interesting to see if they can do it. I don't know. I mean, they, they play this very strange formation, a 4-2-2-2 formation. Really? Yeah, very narrow to have two number tens and two strikers, um, which might be and the new, future. The new, yeah, yeah. We're done with four four two. We need four, some more number tens. Four two three one seems to be on its way. Let's out. find a system for a Delta Rapt to play. Yeah, well, if you need to, then there two, is. two number tens might might be might the be one. one. Um, so there's obviously press's role is is, is to, to report on things like Zeitgeek, Zeitgeek. <laughs> Leipzig, Leipzig. <laughs> Sorry, I said Leipzig. A couple of them. Leipzig. Just then. Uh, Le- Leipzig. I've written Leipzig down this way. Uh, Le- uh, the press's role is to, is to report on things like Leipzig. So it's a complicated issue, but it's, it's our job and, and, and it's, it's newspapers' job in order to educate people. But they do. They they, they rankle me the press because um, certainly with kind of building up young players to be something they're not and creating a pressure on them that means that they can do nothing but. Fail. I've talked about it a few times on talking yeah. balls. Um, I've seen it with Deli Ali in the, and it happened to me. This is where our frustration comes from. I thought Deli Ali was something very, very special, and he is for his age. He scored two goals this week um, at Wembley for Tottenham, and um, I know one of them actually hit the, the keeper in the face, hit his foot, and he kicked himself in. So I'm not sure if it was a goal, but regardless, the fact is that I believed in the hype. Instead of seeing a relaxing, calming down and seeing, seeing, take a breath. What have we got here? <laughs> what have we got here? What we've got is a very, very good, very bags of potential, but still needs a lot of work. Mm. And and I, for, I got angry at, I got angry at. I was like, why aren't you performing? Why are you ma- making mistakes? Why are you being stopped at the ball? I thought you were some sort of superstar. That's my fault for believing the hyperbole. But, but yeah, it's difficult though because it's absolutely everywhere, and you're conditioned to go completely one extreme or the other like the world is about to end or our saviour is here and it's it's like that in, in everything it's like I you know I worked uh, I worked at ITV working around entertainment stories for a couple of years and you can see the same arc that you see in football players like Deli Alley, like Rashford is that when when they're on the rise there's this tipping point that journalists uh, the press will use that Someone is great, 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 great until they till they are high enough that the better story is the way down. Yeah. And once they get to that point, the, the press lie a lot of the time. It's it's mind blowing. Like the 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 things that people make. I know you would talk with people and they would 
they would just go to an event or they would say a sort of simple answer to a particular question and someone will completely change that and spin it to answer a completely different question that suits what they want to either make someone ang- angry, make someone click on it, make you shocked that, hang on, really, that can't be, that can't be so. So you click on it because we're living in a world now mm. and we obviously understand it. And f- fortunately for us, yeah, we that's not that's not down that's not a pressure on us yeah it's we for Bull Street it's crucial that we have and we both feel very strongly in this Craig you too give us a nod yeah that we have to have some integrity in terms of the the things that we're talking about what makes it really fortunate for us as football fans talking about football is that we can and Bull Street's great for this, is that we, we're giving our opinion. Mm. So we're not saying these are the facts. We're saying this is what I believe. Yeah. And that's okay. But for a lot of uh, press out there, especially in the world that we live in, when there's so much content that you're, you're battling with other stories to, to get people to click on them, and you're also working in, in, a, uh, in a world where it used to be a, you'd have a newspaper and the only data that you'd have on that newspaper is have they bought it mm. whereas now there's on every single article there's an amount of comments there's amount of clicks through there's all that it's so Isn't quantifiable that people are they don't care about the integrity of the story sometimes no. they care more about what's going to get a click of course of course and and, and that that's terrifying uh, and, and, and very sad and I think um, I think the, the, the biggest worry, and, and this is the way newspapers have worked, certainly around football, is that it isn't, it's about, it's not about giving the people what they want, it's, it's, it's making the people think the way you want them to, and then feeding that. Yeah. That, that's, that's what's sinister. And I think, just to make it you know, a little bit lighthearted for a second, the, um, the, way, the way the press report on or, or respond to form in the, you know, Spurs currently, and I use Spurs as an example because it's just easiest for me to talk about, yeah. but it could play to any football club. Spurs are currently have no chance of becoming champions. No, no chance. We, you know, we're fifth. I heard, um, is he uh, Paddy Cunningham? Do you remember him? Kenny Cunningham? Kenny Cunningham, but sorry, yes. He's a Paddy. Let's know. Fine, Comments below. <laughs> Kenny Cunningham. Um, you know, he was just tearing us a new one the other day, and I was like, "This isn't representative." Even you've got an agenda, you hate Spurs, or this isn't representative of what I'm seeing. Yeah, and it, so, so if Spurs now go on a run, it's three runs on the back. If we beat Man United at the weekend, if we beat Hull, and I think Burnley would play both home games, mm. games he should be winning. Yeah, people were talking about us as title contenders again. It's just I don't know what it, where I'm going with this. Other than the, fact that the press it's it's frustration, it. okay. the frustration of the press for um, for just being lazy. Yeah. Well, do you know the, the other? I guess from the producer's side of it. Yeah. That Kenny Cunningham, Chris Sutton has become more and more uh, used. I guess uh, on on the, all these different things because he says stuff that that pisses you off, mm. and if it pisses you off. Subconsciously, you want to hear. You kind of want to hear more. Yeah, yeah. So you want to go. Can you right? Let's see what this fucker's got to say this time. <laughs> and it it works. They've got you again. Whereas the like, if someone goes it's like Sunderland's a great job. Sunderland's staying up. They're fine because yeah. they've beaten Hull, Burnley, and they've beaten rubbish. If you actually look at it properly, then it's. Do you know what? I, I realise what this is. What, it's my frustration of being being manipulated that's yeah, that's what that's I'm, what I, I, I'm frustrated exactly because do you know what I was saying there was, a, there was a, um, an article you showed me yesterday about a fan who didn't want to go to the uh, Spurs game against CSK Moscow because he was scared of the Russian hooligans yeah. and you got so angry and I said to you then didn't I and I've got you yeah I've got you yeah well yeah it's that yeah it's, it's that you know the, the, another example of this is a Sunderland so Sunderland I, in my head, Sunderland were like mid-table. The way people were talking about the fact they won, we're talking about Defoe, uh, should, be, should he be in the, in, in the team of the year? Mm. Uh, but they're, they're still third from bottom. And, and, and it's what I'm saying is you take these snapshots, you read the headlines briefly, yeah. and then I suppose because there's so much information, you have to, that's the way you have to, that's the way you compute football, the, the information. There's always through. a clear narrative, isn't there? That, so, and the clear narrative comes from success or failure. Yeah. Leipzig, 
they're winning. If they were mid-table, we wouldn't be talking about them. It's a fact. Yeah. Sunderland, oh, oh, it's all yeah, it's going quite well for you guys, isn't it? Because you've won a couple of games. They might be playing awful, mm. and they've been playing bang average teams. Um, but it, that is a clear thing. That's another thing I like about bullshit. That we we have that opportunity to go steady on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not. It's not, we're actually like. Man United are playing all right. Yeah. I know it's not working for them, but well, I, I, I said, you know, I said that Mourinho will, will, will get sacked by the end of the season. I still think that. Still think Surely that. Not. But you know what? I, I think what's good again about Bullshit is it allows your bias to, to be open with your bias. I yeah, I struggle with so this. a lot of pundits. A lot. Of, I know, hang on. Well, I'll let go, you, go, go, you, go. A lot of pundits have to hide the fact that they're biased because it's it's not what you're supposed to expect to see on mainstream telly. But I like the fact that Bullshit. You're, I'm openly biased against Arsenal fans yeah. and Arsenal, the football club. But what are you going to say? I was going to say, I, I struggle with this a little bit because I'm, as a QBR fan, I'm kind of a safe distance away from yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. But, and I'm trying to be better because I think it's like that my role is sometimes with these conversations is to like, okay, well, let, what mediate. do you think? What do you think? Yeah, mediate. But I've been brought up by my, my dad to dislike Chelsea. I like, completely. Yeah. And so, sometimes it spills out, and like, I, I wanted to, I'm trying, Chelsea fan, but you've got to understand that it's it's difficult sometimes when you've been conditioned again. But, but why so why right. why would you want to deny something that is is part lifeblood of football? Hating hate is part of football. True. And to deny, it, look, they need someone like you in these shows. <laughs> you definitely do. Don't get me wrong. You play a pivotal role in all of this. <laughs> But what you're by you being like that allows me to be honest yeah, yeah. about being a football fan, and I and it's okay if you just hate Chelsea because I hate I hate Liverpool, I hate Chelsea, I hate okay, Arsenal. I hate think it. what I need to learn my, in my development as a football fan <laughs> on YouTube is to be okay to appreciate Chelsea because my relationship with Craig is going south quickly. Yeah, he, but the, the thing with Craig, right, is that he, this new vitriol and kind of an arrogance about Chelsea and a frustration at everyone else not recognizing Chelsea's current brilliance. Mm. And I admit it, they are very good at the moment. So, well, certainly yeah. their results are good. Some of their performances are a bit sketchy. But, <laughs> is it Craig's, Craig's, this, this new Craig's come out. He, I didn't, he didn't even talk about Chelsea about two, two years, two months ago. And now he can't, he, like every day he's moaning that people are not giving them the, the respect that they deserve. But, yeah. do, does Chelsea, do, do Chelsea deserve more respect, James? I, this Chelsea, I quite, I nearly said it. I, one could like yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say I like them but one could like them because I think they're playing the right way they're working hard on the other team they also got individual brilliance in someone like Hazard um, but yeah getting back to Craig and his anger mm. uh, that's another reason why like, we've got a good team here at Paul Street because he's real as well he walked out of a show yesterday yeah, didn't he, he? Did. because yeah. we weren't talking about a Chelsea, Chelsea player, player. Yeah. which is a little bit prima donnish as well certainly it, for someone who isn't Considered to be camera facing. Flav, I wouldn't for him say to walk out. I wouldn't go that far. I'd say unprofessional. Unprofessional, yeah. Just because he didn't like what he was hearing. I came back. He did come back. To monitor the sound. Craig, you're going to hear opinions. You work in football. You're going to hear opinions. Don't like. All right. Yeah. I've got to deal with the patronising towards QPR fans or yeah. the championship. Like, Ped thinks he's oh, I'm this incredible Everton fan. Everton are mediocre. Yes. Okay. At the moment, so get off your high horse, Ped. Um. Uh, yeah, I'm going to ask you a quick question way. about QPR, so remind me uh, at the end, because we've got to move on. Okay. Um, all right, so so the final part of, uh, of the podcast today, and I hope you enjoyed it, it's been a bit of a kind of um, melting pot of, of different football subjects, um, but I've quite enjoyed it. I think it's been good. Okay. Um, pet hates in football. Yes. Um, so this is something we were talking about yesterday, and we're having a, a, a bit of a giggle about mm. it, because um, we didn't realise it had so many. So this is something that doesn't really matter doesn't really overall impact the result or the way your team plays in any way. Yeah. But it's something that's intensely irritating as fans, and most of it's sort of match day going fans. Yeah, and because the other thing is, for me, like, in the office, I'm known as, like, I'm known as, like, oh, the one who loves football. Or certainly to Jed, yeah, the yeah. commercial team's like, oh, James just loves football. <laughs> but a lot of things wind me up. A lot of things wind me up. Mm. And, and this is a great platform to get them out now. And there are, there, let us know yours, because, like, I love it when there's a new one and you go... Mm. It's that same feeling, I guess, as you were saying about like the anger or whatever. Yeah. There's that kind of... yeah. That, there's that sort of emotional passing on of like, yes, that is fucking annoying. Let, let's, and what are the, the things that all football fans feel but very, very rarely... Get the opportunity to talk to about. To talk yeah. about. So here we go. Anyway, um, so the first one was officials who can't keep time. 
Uh, injury time being one minute at the end of the first half and three minutes at full time typically, unless some yeah. sort of severe injury happens. Uh, the, 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 um, the outrage in the stands as well. What? Anything over three minutes, isn't it? If you're winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, if you're winning. Four? 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 Where's he got four from? You over there in the other stand. Four? Four Where's minutes? Four from? That's four. Four? Yeah, they yeah. just can't... Where, yeah, where have they got that from? Where, where, so it's like, where, where, where's the time come from? Yeah. Why is there only ever one minute at 45 and yeah. and, and more? What, what does that mean? Because they're both individually... Well, they're exclusive of each other. True. I think substitution is apparently supposed to be over. part of it. I think there's supposed to be 30 seconds per substitution. Ah. So if you get six substitutions, mm. that's three minutes, isn't it? Straight yeah. away. But yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Cause if you think back in the day, it was like... I swear it's just got more and more as time's gone. Feels like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the other thing that sort of irritates me, and, and it's kind of linked to this, but it's gonna, I'm going to come across quite miserly here, right? On 89 minutes, and you're 1-0 you're, you're down, or you're 2-0 down. No, 1-0 down, right? You're goal behind, and you think, it's over. No chance here. 89 minutes. He, the, the, the fourth official holds up five minutes, and you're suddenly, and come on! Wait a minute! It's the it's the it's, movie in your head, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what it is. It's that's, like, come on, we can do this. Yeah, and it's the same thing again. The same people in the stands doing it. Hey lads, we can do this. <laughs> come on! We haven't been asked the other day. We had seven minutes added time with ten men. Yeah, and then we got one goal back, and it's like, come on, <laughs> we can do this. Weird, 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 weird. I always weird. call that. That's almost a little turn on, little football turn on that. What's that? I like that. The the, the hope that comes from the board. Yeah, if you are losing, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, and, uh, and everybody's watching the pitch, uh, watching the pitch, and then slightly looking over to the left, slightly looking over to the left. <laughs> it, what's he got? What's he got? It's five minutes. Yeah. It's five minutes. Do you think the fourth official goes? This is it. Here we go. <laughs> this is my moment. Yeah, yeah. All eyes are on me. Uh, and he'll put an extra. one Maybe that's it. Maybe that's where the time's coming from. Yeah, he's putting that extra one on just so he gets a little bit more of a moment in the sun because he's wasted his whole afternoon just having two managers like moaning. In his Worst ears. job in football. Worst job in football. Fourth official. Easiest one as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, keepers wasting time. So pushing it across the six-yard box. So they're obviously they're a goal up. Yeah. Uh, who's the keeper who used to play for Derby? Derby. Um, a Derby goalkeeper. Back in the day, or no, like maybe eight, or seven or eight years ago. Mark Poom. No, it was Mark Poom. Mark Poom. Jesus, that is a blast from the past. <laughs> he was Derby, though. Isn't I it? can't remember his name. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. He it, might turn up. He had he fucking murders for it. So even when you're nil nil, he'd get the ball. The ball would go out on the Bywater. right. Yes, Stephen Bywater. Yeah, and and so Spurs, we used to go behind the goods, go Stephen. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> behind the goal weird what's that all about I love that, that the, the bit of banter between fans and the goalkeeper the Brentford fans go if what, any goal that goes in next time the goalie's uh, got the ball they'll go it's all your fault <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, it is a little pay actually when it's a goal kick yeah. and people go oh yeah. that's like that's perfect for the rhythm of a goalkeeper. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What, what they should be going is, oh, and it went two yards before they kick, go, oh. that will put them off. Because if I was a goalkeeper, I'd go, just go with the, go with the, oh. It's you know almost I mean? like triple jumpers getting the claps. Yeah. yeah. Give, you're giving them a rhythm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's true. Although you're, you're supposed to shout your shit at, at the end of that, oh. But he's already kicked it by that point. That's what I'm saying. If you mm. if you like put him off his rhythm, there mm. you're wasting you're wasting time. Uh, yeah, so goalkeepers who who move the ball across the waste time or goalkeepers the waste time generally, and the fact that the six second rule that's supposed to be in place never gets enforced. The only time it has done is Mignolet, I think. There's such an ambiguity of if that rule still exists or not. Right. But you, there will be one guy who's going one, two, <laughs> yeah, yeah. three, ref, ref, <laughs> nine, <laughs> ten. Yeah, that's got it. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I don't have a massive issue with it. My general feeling when I see a goalkeeper wasting time is that this when you let this goal in it's going to be even better for, for us to yeah, celebrate that, and, and generally it kind of in my experience when I've seen someone wasting time in the first half or something that comes back to fight their off and the, the wasting time will be uh, so the ball will go the left side of the post and he'll get the ball and he'll walk over to the that, right that's, side. That's the pet hey. yeah. That is it. He's moving it to the other then, side of the six-yard box. Then point. click his um, boots on the post. Yeah, yeah. I can have check the time. Yeah, that is annoying. Uh, so Jack Hobson says uh, on Twitter, he says, players appealing for offside instead of doing their job, but more generally players remonstrating with ref despite no chance of getting the decision overturned. 
See, I think... That's what's ruined El Clasico for me. Yeah, it's the constant talking to the ref. I, I think that in order to fix this, anyone who says anything to the ref, if, the, if you speak to the ref without, you, without him speaking to you first, straight red. Get, get <laughs> wow. off my football pitch. Get yeah. off my football pitch. It will work. Yeah, get off my football pitch. In the same way that diving, get them off. Johnny, Johnny Vaughan had an idea, which yeah. I thought was quite good, yeah. was that refs should be um, either deaf or made deaf. <laughs> Because then everyone can get their frustrations out, and it doesn't affect. It won't affect his yeah. his refereeing whatsoever. <laughs> and I think there's a lot in that. There is a lot in that, and there is a lot in that. Yeah. So it's just, or just so, yeah, just earmuffs. So you can just like as so long as like they a, can't see you and lip read it. It's a specialist. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's a specialist, uh, a specialist industry for deaf people. Yeah. That would and empower fit, empower right? a lot of deaf people as well. It would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get power, don't you? Incredible! That, that is amazing, Johnny Vaughan. Hats off. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my my frustration with this is this: this is your ego that letting letting you're holding up the game. Everyone's waiting and having to watch you. There's there's forty thousand people in the stadium, and I'm sitting here and having to watch you have an argument with with the referee, and I can't even hear what you're saying. Yeah. So essentially, I'm watching two. That would be good as well. Mic him up. Yeah. Because that would that would calm it down. Yeah. Definitely, it's worked in rugby. That would yeah. be a good rule. Yeah, absolutely. So I, basically, I'm sitting there and watching two people having a conversation from 60 feet away. Just yeah. get over yourself, yeah. get on with the game. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Pundits. Uh, so this is increase, uh, increasing football means more airtime for lots of people, hours of conversation, post-match stuff. Only, t- only time you're interested is if your team wins. Most, most pundits don't seem to notice stuff, and, and nor should they. It's impossible for them to watch all, all football. Yeah, it is um, very difficult. There are some... Uh, Danny Higginbottom, good. I love this... This story because this is one of, yeah a real proud moment for me. I don't know why, but I just yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, Danny Higginbottom was doing Middlesbrough QPR on telly, and he got in touch with Andy Brassel, very good journalist. Mm. And uh, Andy said, "Oh, talk with talk with James. He's a season ticket holder." And so I chatted with Danny Higginbottom about how they play, what well, each you player. Up. Yeah, yeah. We ch- he wanted to chat on the phone because he wanted to know what the feelings were f- for fans that season, get an actual insight into it before doing the game. Do you know why that's incredible? Why? Because he's an ex-footballer. He's yeah. not even a, a journalist. That's what a journalist does. That's what a really good journalist does. It's know your craft. Yeah, and I feel because like, you, yeah, you can't expect to know everything, watch every game. You mm. just have to kind of... But he's, yeah, he's gone for <laughs> trusted uh, opinions from someone, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was, yeah, it was brilliant. But there is, yeah, pundits, by and large, are infuriating. It, it, Mark Lawrenson. I like the way that Mark Mark Lawrenson's kind of been phased out off the BBC. Yeah. One because of his double button sh- shirts. It's just his, an annoying face. Cottage hair. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> it's like a cottage. And you know, the way he looks is not important. But it, <laughs> yeah. it, I like the way he's just been slowly phased off, like yeah. this old granddad. He'll be doing the Snapchat soon yeah, yeah. for like one day, and he won't know how to work it. And yeah. like, well, what do you want us to do, Mark? Yeah, like, you're out. And then, he's, he's infuriating. Yeah, and I think um, I, 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 I'm not so much worried about the ones that are infuriating. Um, it's the ones that just fill time, and, and and because they don't really know much else, they just fill time. You made a great suggestion yesterday. When Lawrence does this, yeah, he does. So the two things, these are two words that annoy me in football that pundits use, and it was Mark Lawrence that, in one football focus, did it. Yeah, he he's, he's he was talking about. Leeds, I think it was. Yeah. And he was just saying, the thing they need... There's these two words that people... Every club needs, or we all want, we just want it. So first is, the thing Leeds need, we just need a bit of stability. Oh, thank you, Mark. Okay. Brilliant. So I'm just going to nip down to Tesco. Gonna get, get two, you've got two packs of stability. Can I get that as well? Because we really need some stability over here. It's just like, come on. Like, yeah. So how do they create the stability? Yeah. Like, what, is it the infrastructure of the... The chairman does he need to give the management more time? Really, is difficult. it the infrastructure of the club? Like you can't. The thing they like. Thank God, the oracle that is Mark Lawrence. Yeah. And the second one is is and Sheer is bad for this. Is and it happens. So there's and it completely contradicts itself because they'll go. They'll do two things. They'll go one. They go. There'll be a new role each year, and they go. All we want, all we're after, from referees is just a bit of consistency. <laughs> we just want just that time. Just that's all we want. And then the sorry, then the next the next week they'll go. The ref's got to use some common sense there. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, hang on. So, do you want consistency or do you want a bit of common sense? Do you know, as human beings, <sighs> consistency is impossible. It's impossible to achieve consistent behaviour. It isn't possible. Or you're asking referees to be robots. Yeah. It's the same, they say the same thing to strikers. 
he's he, he's not consistent enough. He's not. He's, he's, what you're saying is, his periods of form don't last long enough. Yeah. But to say he's consistently scoring throughout his career is such a rare trait. And you don't get the exact same I, chance on 76 minutes every single game, do yeah. you? Some, some times you have chances, sometimes you don't, but yeah. That, I mean, the, the irony in this is that Shearer is, was probably the most consistent striker <laughs> yeah. that English yeah. game's ever seen. And, and he's probably got more common sense than any man I've ever met. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Um, so the final one before cool. we, we got a roundup, um, and we've got plenty more, but um, yeah. lefty, lefty Lib on Twitter, he says, getting booked for taking your shot off when scoring. Yeah. Right, so in, in your head, why, why, why do referees book players for taking off their shirt when they score? That's such a good question, Flav. Do you not know? I have no idea. Well, so in my first, these, these are some of the, some of the reasons and, and let you know if any of these you think are, are worthy <laughs> of a yellow card. Okay. And applying them to real life situations in the game. So there are many reasons thrown about, none of which are particularly convincing. Referees need to see the player's shirt number at all times so they can keep track of his disciplinary record. So if you commit, say, an act that's worthy of a caution mm. while taking his shirt off, um, they w- you wouldn't potentially know what, what player it is. Absolute nonsense, he- because the game has to restart and it has to put his shirt back on, then you can see the number. Yeah, although you can get sent off outside the, the minutes of the game. So mm. Anyway, players often had uh, political messages previously which would cause an uproar. Um, yeah. So the one I can think of is Kaka with... God is great or whatever it is. Yeah. He is though. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he has done a quite a difficult job up to now if you believe in him. Um, I don't. Um, some communities find it offensive to bare your chest. Is that true? <laughs> Thing is though, everyone's wearing Under Armour these days so you don't actually see the bare chest. Very true. Uh, in decent behaviour and rule equality, FIFA wants men and women's football to have the same rules and since shirt removal is considered indecent for women, same rule should have to apply for men. Well, there you go. It's considered indecent for women. Let's change that. Let them, let them, let it be, let's be free. God. What's uh, wrong? I think, I, just... I, I mean, ultimately, if a woman wanted to do it, I'd have no issue with it in the same way that uh, men want to do it. I, I just think that the, the public reaction would be somewhat different. So there, is, there is this great, great photo in 442 magazine a couple of years ago. Palermo had just survived um, relegation on the last day of the season. And there's the picture of the um, players celebrating with the fans. I don't know what player it was, but he is standing on the advertising with his shirt, his, his socks, his, his, his boots on. Okay, so, right. uh, he, he has a pair of sunglasses on and nothing but a black pair of briefs. That's Lovely. it. And he's screaming at the it's crowd. Beautiful. It is beautiful. That's passion. I just. Where has he got the sunglasses from? Yeah. And how has he got? His, he's just pulled his shorts over his socks and shoes, which is you know not right. Yeah, the sunglasses is weird because normally you get thrown a scarf, don't you? Yeah. Someone's thrown some Ray Bans. The FIFA book actually mentions the fact that it's too joyous. Um, it's and, too joyous. Right. So probably, Come on. and this would probably mean that it would rile up opposition fans and cause cause uh, stadium incidents. Um, oh, for God's sake! So too no- joyous. That does my nothing. There's nothing. What there, does that there? mean? There's nothing. And you know, actually, pulling the shirt over your head, pulling a shirt up like that—it's not a booking, but pulling it over, over your head, head is a booking. Because it's too joyous. I don't know. I think it's. Oh, I don't know. What, what do you think? It's got, it's got to go in it. I think football is about enjoyment. That's the best. You got something part to say, Craig? I thought it was like a sponsorship thing. Yeah, and the sponsors the, are annoyed that they weren't getting in photos because. Well, that's bollocks as well. For all the celebrations. That makes sense as well. But either way, that's money. It's not that, that, that's money getting in the way of pure passion. Exactly, glory. Uh, can I that's what one? football's about. Go on. Players celebrating with fans. What's wrong with that? Oh, the you know My first hero was Gary Penrice. Yeah. Played for QPR, and there were two reasons why I loved him. One, he had a moustache. Not many people had a moustache at that time. <laughs> Can't remember. Two, when he scored a goal, he always went into the crowd and had a big smile on his face. He's, his moustache was a proper wound broom as well. Wasn't <laughs> Allegedly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I loved him for that. And that's a five-year-old kid. Mm. So th- what I'm connecting with is the fun and glory of, of football. And by not allowing that, you're taking it away. So change the rule, please. Okay. Good. All right. Well, I, well, I think <laughs> nice might... little wind, you had. <laughs> yeah, we had a good old wind. And that has, that has been the, um, the Long Ball Street podcast. Liberty Long. Lib, lib, um, it's not Liberty Long and it's Lift It Long. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Um, James, thank you for, for stepping in for me. Thanks, Matt. mate. And next time Matt can't do it, because we should say because he's moved house. 
um, yeah. which is quite a yeah, big so deal. He's not, a la- he's not just lazy now. Yeah, he's he not just said bollocks, I can't be asked to do yeah, this he anymore. he wants to be, he's just got priorities right now. So thank you for stepping in, James. Sorry. And, um, and, and, and this has been the Long Ball Street podcast for another week. Actually, just quickly before we go, um, if you want to get this, is on YouTube. We have a separate YouTube channel for the long version. So the whole of this, all filmed, is on the Long Ball Street YouTube channel. And a highlights part is on the main Ball Street channel. Spot on. Pretty much in it. Remember to Subscribe leave- while you're there. Subscribe, yep, leave reviews and, and give us some ratings on iTunes because it helps put us up that iTunes algorithm. Which it should be about quality, really. Yeah, as long as you're enjoying it, I think yeah. you're you're happy, aren't you, Flip? Yeah. But leave a rating. Yeah. <laughs> we we'll see you at Far Post. Will Matt sack James? Will Flav survive the week? Will Matt download Grinder? Find out next week on the Long Bull Street podcast. And 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 remember to subscribe. <laughs> 